welcome to the Edgar Allan Poe cast, where you can learn just about everything related to Edgar Allan Poe and his literature. My name is Adam, and I'm joined here today by Brooke. Hello. We are going to talk about the cask of Montilado in this episode. Uh, well, what is the cask of Montilado about? Um, it's a short story by Poe, of course. Um, I, there really isn't much of a setting that they give, but they give the two main characters, Fortunato and Montresor. And the idea is that this is a story about plotting revenge. Montresor has, is tired of Fortunato because apparently Fortunato had hurt him several times. And he's basically trying to plot revenge. How so? It's a very interesting way, and he might take a little bit too far. We're going to see just in a, in a moment. Um, we know from that Fortunato... Um, well, basically, Montresor's plan is to lure Fortunato into his vault um, down in his cellar um, in, the, in the palace he lives in. And he does... Because Fortunato is very interested in tasting fine wines... And Montresor basically says he has a he has a cask of a fine wine, which they call Amontillado. Like like the title. Yeah, exactly. Um and then basically uh yeah, yeah Fortunato is kinda a little bit a little bit um suspicious of this. He's like Amontillado, that's a, apparently it's a pretty rare wine, from what I can tell. It's a pretty so Fortunato is in disbelief and uh, Montresor suggests that he's going to take it to this one guy he knows, Lutresi, um, who, Lu I don't know how to pronounce it, either way, um, he wants to take it to him to see if it's actually a Montalado, but I guess, yeah, Fortunato's e ego is pretty high, and, uh, he is not having that, and he believes that he should be the one to go see this wine for himself, um, and taste it, because he, I guess doesn't believe that Lutresi is qualified, and but the thing is, um, even though this is what Montresor wants, because um, Fortunato tries to convince Montresor to go back home to his vault, which is where the wine is, to see it, um, but Montresor, um, just to like lower suspicion, basically tries to be reluctant and says, "No, we shouldn't go there." Um, so then Fortunato, as he, uh, he still, um, insists on doing this, and eventually, um, they keep going, and then they eventually arrive at the Stone Palace, which, uh, Montresor lives in, and it's kind of shows that, I guess they're both a part of the wealthy class, um, probably from prestigious families, and... Even then, Montresor are still reluctant because they head down into what's basically like a cellar, a stone cellar, a basement, if you would, um, where the vault is supposedly. And it's a pretty dark, cold, damp basement. Um, and Montresor is still trying to convince him to get out. He's not, uh, and it's he keeps it up. He's still he's still trying to keep this suspicion low. Um, but eventually they do arrive at this vault. But before that, actually, um, as they're arriving down, Montresor offers um, Fortunato some more wine. 
to drink because once they when they meet um, in the beginning they actually or actually Fortunato is already drunk so it kind of shows um, that he does like to drink a lot of wine um, but wine connoisseur <laughs> exactly um, but he has what's weird about this is that in the cellar he has a lot of this wine bottles laying on the floor um, not to mention the piles and piles of human bones that are also crowding this <laughs> yeah crowding this hallway um and they kind of you know introduce that pretty nonchalantly but at the same time it's pretty important to consider um but as they continue onward a montresor keeps giving him some bottles of wine to drink uh once they reach the vault we find that the vault is actually like a very um uh, it's basically just like a hole in the wall. It doesn't look. Um, uh, it's it like look. Yeah, you can go. Very random. <laughs> yeah, it's just doesn't really have a door to it. It just kind of seems like they took out the bricks in the wall, which is pretty important. We'll get to that. Um, but once they finally arrive at this supposed vault, um, that's when Montresor decide or like executes his plan of revenge and he chains Fortunato to the wall um and then basically locks him up in there and basically breaks the promise and says there was no Amontillado um actually was there? I'm actually looking through his no there wasn't yeah okay um but then he proceeds to um seal up this hole in the wall because what it is it's, it's actually just a hole in the wall and he takes the bricks um which i guess were just lying next to the entrance and starts re um rebuilding this hole so he's going once he finishes this he um just leaves him there and that was his plan of revenge and then he just left there to die but as he's building up the wall um there's a few lines in here so uh yeah yeah, Fortunato calls out as he's about to place the last uh, brick in the wall. Montresor, for the love of God. And then Fortunato, I mean, Montresor responds by saying, yes, for the love of God. And then that's a little bit of a line to consider right there. I I guess it's because um, Montresor is kind of mocking Fortunato by saying that. But strangely enough, right after he says that... Um, he hears no answer from Fortunato, but then he calls out, like cries out to him as if he regretted his decision, but immediately um, kind of loses that feeling if it ever was there in the first place. And then it ends abruptly by just saying, for half a century now, no human hand has touched them. May he rest in peace. Um, and I guess them is um, referring to the uh, stone wall or like, yeah, he put, bones in front of the stone wall that he that he rebuilt so yeah that's a pretty detailed summary of the story i have to say but we're going to focus on a few questions or at least one main question for this episode and that question would be why did montresor take his revenge this far so in the beginning of the story i didn't mention this but um montresor is trying to make his plan seem um what's the right word for it 
He doesn't want his plan to be like too terrible to the point where it hurts him at the same time. But he also wants to make Fortunato know that this was an act of revenge. He doesn't want to get his hands dirty. <laughs> exactly. But the odd part about this is that for um, Montrezor's act of revenge was pretty unhinged and it was pretty pretty bad it doesn't seem like um he was following what he said it seems like he's contradicting himself when he does this um because he just straight up kills him um and then i guess this kind of leaves two answers or like possibilities as to why he just completely contradicted what his um plan was to do in terms of revenge because either it's because nobody's ever going to go down into his fault and suspect anything so we won't ever suspect he won't ever have to face the consequences of this meaning that he won't ever have to suffer for it and he indeed is not contradicting what he said in the beginning or he's just gone um mentally deranged or as um as i would like to call it a sociopath because i guess that's the best way to describe what he was going through. Um, do you yeah, have any? Oh, uh, no, I was just gonna say there's also a lot of bones there, um, mm -hmm. which kind of makes me think that either he's done this before or maybe his family has done it before. So maybe there's sociopathic genetics. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I mean, as we say, um, see in the beginning, Montrezor is a family name and. I guess we can generalize that the Montresor family might, you know, partake in this often. Um, specifically just acts of revenge. Because um, I believe somewhere, um, I don't know where it would be in the story, but the Montresor family uh, coat of arms is depicted as a human foot stepping on a serpent. And the serpent's supposed to represent Fortunato and the foot uh, Montresor. Um, and that, I guess, goes to show an act of revenge. And it kind of shows that the Montresor family as a whole is out for vengeance. And this is a prime example of it. Um, but yeah, the idea that Montresor is a sociopath, I think, is one of the best um, ideas here just based on what Poe has written in the past. Yeah, the, also, it's pretty important to mention those human bones, because there's a lot of them, and... Nato just ignores them entirely. He has no concern for them. Yeah, that's another thing. Fortunato... Yeah, <laughs> Fortunato, as a uh, character, seems to be very foolish and naive to everything. And I think that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the alcohol the alcoholism and how much he drinks as a character because we meet him and he's already drunk so that's already a sign and then we already know that he has a um he often likes to drink wine and this is quite evident as they're walking down to the vault because he just keeps drinking the wine uh montresor hands him um but the human bones, yeah, especially. Um, I don't remember where it was, but I think it's just, yeah, generally to know that alcohol 
or at least being intoxicated kind of gives you that sort of laid-back feeling and you're probably not gonna um i don't know what the right word for it if you're already drunk to not be worried about all the bones in the pillar yeah exactly um but yeah is there anything else you'd like to add on that um no just that fortunato's not very observant or careful <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and uh, yeah that he walked into his own coffin <laughs> pretty much and then mantras or straight up sociopath um but yeah so what we would like to do is actually relate this story to a current event because i feel like today um we can kind of compare this to something especially if it's a story of revenge which is exactly what i have here it's a little bit specific um but i think it's just kind of perfect a little news story about two months ago um it's titled man gets final pay in oil covered pennies after quit quitting toxic job so uh, the article reads, as a, Geor a Georgia man says his former boss dumped his last paycheck in his driveway as a massive pile of oil-covered pennies after allegedly withholding the money for months out of spite. Andreas Flatten and his girlfriend Olivia Oxley found the pennies in their driveway on March 12th along with a simple note on top of the pile that read, F you. Um, Oxley posted videos about of the pile on her Instagram account. Uh, she says, they're covered in something in one video. After running her hand through the penny, her hand appears to be slick with a golden brown oily substance after touching this coin. She says, I don't know what this is, but it smells funny. And well, yeah, we know it's oil. Um, Flatten says the pile was actually 991,500 pennies or 915 dollars. Um, yeah. And then that's how much he had to get paid, obviously because it was his paycheck, but um, if we skip down here, Flatten says he left his job at the auto shop because of a toxic work environment, and he provided the customary two weeks notice before his departure. He said his boss gave him a hard time after picking up his child from daycare, so he left. Uh, Flatten alleges that his boss, Miles Walker, was upset for him leaving, or was upset with him for leaving, and that he withheld Flatten's final paycheck to punish him, Flatten, says he walked off the job and then pressed Walker for months to get his money seemed to lead to this penny stunt on the driveway um, so yeah we can definitely compare I know we can definitely compare the boss Walker to Mont uh, the, what's his name <laughs> Montresor uh, uh, because yeah. he definitely goes a little bit too far with his act of revenge in fact this was not even necessary he didn't have to be uh, such an a-hole about it when he gave him his last paycheck and really I guess it just goes to show that this was a toxic working environment as well as the fact that he did give the two weeks notice which is uh, something you, you know are expected to do anyways um, but yeah I just feel like it's a little bit extreme a little bit way farther than you should have went just like what Montresor did and once again this was completely uncalled for um are there any under 
yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's also very immature. I mean, I guess just generally. Yeah. Very bold. <laughs> it is. And then it also got news coverage, so I don't really think Walker was the smartest of individual individuals. He might embody both characters in that sense, um, because Flatten doesn't really seem to be in the wrong at all, or even show any sort of amount of uh, foolishness that uh, Fortunato went through. So the idea is that uh, this is just some random uh, news article that depicts an act of revenge, just like how seemingly random and um, unspecific the story is, because we don't get much detail anyways. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, oh, should I add, like, the, the other story? Um, I mean, if you don't have anything else to add about this one, then sure. Oh, no, I just think it's, like, it was definitely very petty, especially because he was sort of like the bad guy in the first place, but then he got mad for quitting his job, even though it's something that you're allowed to do, and he did it properly. Yeah. So it's definitely something that, um, Montresor would have done, because it was very petty over a very small incident. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he left his job at the, the auto shop he was working at, which I guess kind of the theme with oil, I guess it makes sense. Um... <laughs> I think I, I skipped it over, but I think it said it was, um, in some sort of, yeah, covered in some sort of automotive fluid, such as transmission fluid or oil. Um, yeah, it's just a very, very interesting way of going about expressing your emotions. But, um, in a sense, you kinda did get your revenge, Walker. But, yeah, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, both in both of these instances, it never really was an eye for an eye. You're not really meeting um, what the other person did with the same amount of damage. So, I mean, I guess Flatten quitting his job might have hurt the company, but it's kind of their fault for being the toxic ones. But at the same time, I feel like dumping your final paycheck in pennies covered in oil is not ideal. I don't even know if the... I mean, I guess you can wash off the oil. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't seem like it would hurt the company that much if only one person quit anyways. Um, and then, um, as for the cask of Montalado, there really was no need to kill a person over an insult they you know, threw at you. Um, but humans can sometimes be like that, so... Even though both of these stories are pretty unusual, uh, it's not necessarily impossible, and uh, mental illness and, I guess, in a multilato alcoholism um, can really do something to people. Uh, yeah, so you can go on with uh, your current event that you thought had to do with uh, it. Um, so to kind of stretch a little bit, uh, a theme in, in this story would be the alcoholism because it very clearly impaired Fortunato uh, very significantly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, if you wanted to, you could relate to the current events of how the pandemic can stress people out and it can make some of them resort to alcoholism, especially if they were a recovered addict. Um, yeah. So, like, for instance, like John Malini, 
um, he struggled with alcoholism, and then he went, like, cold turkey, but he never went to proper rehab, so years later, now that we're in the pandemic, he ended up relapsing and having to go to rehab again, or for the first time, um, so that's, like, a current event that can relate to one of the themes of the stories, because it relates to the alcoholism, um, yeah. and I'm sure it happened with a lot of other people who just weren't celebrities, so it didn't get covered. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cause I, I do believe alcohol sales did go up, at least in the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, definitely, since alcohol, I guess, yeah, can be seen as a stress reliever, but not necessarily a good one, um, <laughs> depending on how you use it. But I feel like the pandemic in general can be related to a lot of post stories, but obviously that would be a pretty... Um, what opposite of a why are, <laughs> uh, extensive topic to cover <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah i f- one of the yeah i think the one connection i wanted to make was not necessarily with this story but with one of other post other stories that i guess can really be related to the pandemic is the mask of the red death because that is a plague that's going on and i think that single connection between the black plague and uh, covid-19 i mean both of them pretty much are the <laughs> about the same i mean not really the black plague was a lot worse but both of them are about a pandemic even though the plague was a lot more um, deadly um either way i feel like yeah i mean i guess the way that a lot of pose works would tie back to the pandemic is because in the pandemic a lot of people were or i mean pretty much everybody was confined in their homes and really didn't have much to do and probably got a lot of feelings of laziness and sadness and depression and um also time after the alcoholism there was a lot of stress uh that had to be relieved um to tie this to pose work a lot of pose works are a lot more eerie and melancholy and um don't usually unhinged. have yeah unhinged don't ha- really have that many happy endings i'd imagine that the pandemic had a lot of had like a really big mental or toll on a lot of people's mental health and not only that but the idea of pose works being eerie um can also be tied to the uncertainties that many people faced during the pandemic because that's also kind of living with some fear as to what will happen next because it is kind of an uncertain time you can never really be sure when something like this happens what's going to happen next and yeah i feel like especially during this time we can really tie a lot of our feelings to what poe expressed in his literature um yeah if there's anything else you want to add to that no, I think you pretty much covered it. Alright. Well, that was everything we covered today about the cask of Montalado. Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, please be sure to tune in next time for some more poetry powwow. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>